Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Governor, thanks for coming in. This is uh, twice in a week you've been with me. Uh, a week's time. You were on Friday on, on the radio with me. Let's continue our conversation. You know, since you were on the radio with me, a lot has happened. The homeless encampments have been cleared out, Governor. That's at the top of the news. Was that the right thing to do? Yeah, it was. And uh, we're working to find shelter for people who are uh, in that homelessness situation. Right. And uh, clearing out the, uh, the encampments has been something that we've been trying to do. And we're working through Stephen Pryor and, the, and, the, and our new Secretary of Housing to, um, to address that as best we can. Now, there were three parcels, two controlled yeah. by the state, one controlled by the city. Mayor Smiley moved separately, but he did basically the same thing you did. He pushed the people out. Now, the homeless advocates and Councilman Royas is really pushing back. He's mad at me for bringing it up on the radio. He said, you only reacted because I pressured you on the radio. Is it well, that easy? Well, we've gone over like that. We've gone over that. I, we definitely listen to everything that happens out there. I think it's all important. But, but the pace is the bureaucracy that we followed, uh, not to your liking in a lot of ways, but yeah. we do follow it, procedure, making sure that we're putting good social services out there to help people uh, transition uh, into housing. Uh, and we did that on that site, just like we right. did in the front of the state house in December. But you weren't pressured by anything I said on the radio, were you? Did you, do you take action just because you, you know, I say uh, something? I, I wish it was so. I listen, but I try not to get pressured by the noise, you know? Uh, all right. So uh, you're comfortable with the decision uh, Stephen Pryor made. Now, the conversation is going to move forward because the winter is going to come and the cold weather is going to come. Are you prepared to put the homeless out there somewhere to keep warm? Do you have the space? Do you have the buildings? I think that we're working towards that, and, uh, and Stefan uh, is working with me to make that happen. As I mentioned many times, we put money in the budget mm -hmm. so that we can um, acquire property or manage property so that uh, we have facilities. I think the number is about 200 more beds in that vicinity, maybe a little bit more than we have uh, you know, currently uh, active. You know, that's pretty right. much replacing the Omri, what we had last year in the Omri, a couple hundred shelter beds. So you're, you're looking to buy buildings to create new shelters, so to speak. Is it as simple as that? Where do you have your eye on? Well, I think that in Providence, we're working with the mayor about some facilities, right. uh, you know, that we're in, we, we are in discussions about using the, I think it's Child's Gate as being okay. one, one option that you took a look at. We're looking at other um, facilities that we may be currently using if, they're, if they can be purchased. Uh, that's, the, that's the top priority. But again, winter's coming. Yep. Uh, and we're going to do what we need to do to have the shelter beds uh, to accommodate the, the people that have the need. Now, since the three parcels up on uh, the Charles section were cleared out uh, just a couple of days ago, there's been this notion that the advocates are asking for a legal piece of land. In other words, let us have our encampment and you won't bother us there. You'll collect the trash. You'll put a porta potty in. Uh, what do you think about that notion, a legal encampment? Where would you put that? Well, that wouldn't be my first option. Uh, you know, if local communities want to entertain something, they control their land, uh, we certainly would 
talk to them about anything, but we'll always look for a better option than, than you know, creating a tent city strategy. Uh, we're not looking, we're looking to contract the problem, not expand the problem. And right. when you start talking about encampments and, and, and officially sanctioning them, uh, you're basically talking about potentially growing the problem. We're trying to help the people who are, have the need. Uh, and uh, so that wouldn't be a first option as far as I'm concerned, but we would talk to local communities if they thought that was an option in that community. Is it a non-starter? With you? On, on a state level, I believe yeah. it is. I think that, but if local communities feel as okay. though it's an option to them, we're, we're always talking to the local municipal, municipal leaders about options that make sense. We've just met with uh, over 20 municipal leaders uh, in, in the state room last week with the Secretary of Housing, mm-hmm. talking about these very issues, all housing issues from right. homelessness all the way to fair market value. I'm going to get to housing because that's a separate issue. Yes. Uh, although some would say it's related, but leave the housing, affordable housing issue for just a second. Uh, you've tangled with these advocates, and there are several groups out there, uh, volunteer advocates, paid advocates, this crossroads that got $10 million in the last tranche of money, according to what Speaker Sakarchi told me. Now, Governor, are you frustrated with these advocates? Uh, go ahead, take it. I, I, I sense that you are. You told me a little bit on the radio. Well, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I've certainly publicly stated that I, 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 to when we were working on the issues in front of the state house last year, and 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 our staff was going right. on meeting people that were uh, outside in the tents, uh, trying to find places for them to go. In many cases, we were able to do that, uh, and. When we actually put the order in that we need to vacate uh, for their safety and, and the safety of the people who live in the state of Rhode Island who are coming to the state house, mm-hmm. they actually went to court. But you know, there were advocates that went to court to keep the homeless homeless. And I thought that that was wrong. I think what we need to do is work together. If the advocates, I have no problem with the advocacy, strong advocacy, mm-hmm. but when, when you, it's difficult to manage and advocate at the same time, right. if you follow what I'm saying. So when we're talking about asking where the encampments were, yeah. right, with people who were paying to, uh, to create that type of uh, activity and that type of knowledge, or asking where the wait, waiting list is. We really need to make sure that we're working with the people who are doing the work. We have many people who are doing that. Amos House is doing it. Mm-hmm. Crossroads stepped up last year in, in many ways. Uh, there's, there's places down in Westerly with the wave down with Rust down there. Yeah. There's a lot of examples of people who are doing the work. That's who we want to do the work with. Well, well Crossroads was controversial, uh, Governor. You gave them money. They leased out the Nilo Hotel yes. in Warwick. They made that whole Pontiac Village section very, very angry because they said, we never bargained for a homeless yeah. shelter. We, we asked for a sort of a high-end boutique hotel. That's okay. All of a sudden, you turned it into a homeless shelter. By way of crossroads. Yeah, and I think that that uh, again, uh, we were working on a on a on an as-needed basis no. there, and uh, we understand that it was disruptive to the community in the end. But that's why we've uh, uh, I've done work in advance now. So Motel Six, we're working there. We have yeah. two providers there, uh, working there, and it's kind of positioned a lot better. It's out of a neighborhood. I think you've mentioned that many times. It so, is. It's- so we're trying to find those solutions, working with municipal leaders. Mm-hmm that would not impact the community uh, in a negative way. But we, but we do have a responsibility to address the issues in terms of people who are homeless. Just, just before we leave this topic, yeah. Governor, do you have any more money to pay for hotel rooms, rack rate, millions? It sounds like that money is gone, and you're going to buy your own shelter, call it a homeless hotel, whatever you'd like to call it, but that's where you're moving. Is that money gone for hotels? We had $30 million that we appropriated in the budget that was passed by the General Assembly to, to work on homeless shelter issues, whether it's permanent or whether it's rental. Mm-hmm. Our preference is to own the property, uh, control the real estate, and then we can create uh, long-term management agreements with providers that are 
uh, doing the work, right? Uh, I don't right. think that the state necessarily wants to get into that that social work of, and that is being done by mm -hmm. an Amos House, for instance, or, or someone like uh, uh, Crossroads. Um, but at the same point in time, you gotta, you got to understand that the cost is something that you have to manage. Okay, let's stay in Providence. Let's move over to another yeah. neighborhood, the Armory. The Armory section, where the Armory is. Yeah. Uh, Governor, you pulled the plug on the redevelopment plan that, that the state had agreed to, the, agreed to with the Philadelphia developer. You certainly stand by that. You thought it was a bad deal from the beginning. I think that more and more people are realizing that it was not a good deal for the taxpayers in the mm -hmm. state of Rhode Island to commit yourself to a $60 million improvement uh, that was not capped, and I'm hearing that that could even have grown to 90 million, mm -hmm. and over years, continually, the state taxpayers would have to pay for the improvements. In addition to that, they were on the hook for uh, um, operational costs, a negative cash flow. Uh, that was something that the state was going to absorb. And then 30,000 square feet in our own building, we, it was engineered to actually create office space that we were going to be paying about $750,000 or more in rent. So. And then the other factor there, the fourth factor that I think is important, is that the building is owned by the state, uh, the parking lot is owned by the city, mm -hmm. the park is owned by the city. It really makes sense to have one ownership there that is actually right. working on that project. And we're in, we're in uh, negotiations, I would say, with, with Mayor Smiley. Uh, he's got an interest in that property. We understand that we, the state will have to put some resources in, but we want to cap it, just like we've done on other projects, right? We know that we have a certain amount that we're going to spend on Tidewater with a soccer facility. We're not going to exceed that. We have a certain amount of money we're willing to put into the Superman building, but we're not going to be on the hook for uh, operational costs or um, costs that have to do with um, construction. Right. Mayor, Mayor Smiley told me, I'll take it, but with a check. Yes. How big is the check? I think that's what we're talking about right well, now, Gene. Uh, well, and, uh, if we're, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna negotiate here with you, but, <laughs> but I think that there, if the mayor is interested, we've had multiple meetings yeah. personally, and then we've shifted it to our staff. We're in those discussions right now, and uh, we think that uh, there might be a possibility there that was worth pursuing. If not, we'll go potentially to another RFP. But we also have to think about the, the fact that the building has been very difficult, one, to find an appropriate use for that right. could be affordable. Uh, there's always that option that, you know, we have quotes in terms of what it would cost to remove the building and that create a site-prepared, site uh, you know, uh, developable site that could add an amenity to that, to that neighborhood. So I think all options on, but the number yeah. one option right now is working with the mayor to see whether we actually can uh, arrive at a, um, a, an agreement. Okay, so you don't want to give me the size of the check. You don't want to <laughs> negotiate here. I, I asked the mayor if he was open to tearing it down. He said, absolutely not, but yeah. it sounds like you are. Tear it down and start fresh. Well, I, I, the first option, again, is to work with the mayor. Yep. I think it should be a community project. The building should be owned uh, by the same people who own the parking lot, control okay. the parking lot in the park. We're going to continue that conversation in, in, uh, you know, in, in, an, in an honest way to see whether we actually can come to an agreement. These Philadelphia people, are they just going to go away? They lost a lot of money. Have you heard? I asked you on the radio a couple of days ago, have they contacted you? Has their lawyer contacted you, suing you, no. suing the state? Have you heard anything? The state, they, we have not been contacted, but the state has filled its obligation. We paid for a report there that was yeah. uh, $400,000 plus. We did have a, uh, a $25,000 fee for about 10 months. We just played the last payment for August. So the state has um, held its end of the bargain. And uh, I think that we are, you know, we're free from the obligation with, 
with Scout. If, mm -hmm. if the City of Providence wants to engage with Scout, they're going to have that opportunity to do it if they choose to do that. Okay. That'll be that choice. All right. We're working our way backward here, depending yes. on how the news is breaking. Yes. We talked about the homeless encampments. Yes. We talked about the armory, the Cranston Street Armory, Mayor Smiley, the check. Now let's talk about Sabina Matos, <laughs> your lieutenant. I don't governor. know how that got connected, but, <laughs> well, well, but I'm happy to go there. I'm just doing the top stories of the oh, week. Okay. All right. So that's how I'm, uh, right. how I'm working. It. Yes. Uh, Sabina Matos, uh, Governor, the Board of Elections is going to take a look at every one of her signatures. Is that enough? You know, driving in here, I know you listen to everything. I was listening to WPRO, and I heard one caller say, where is the governor's outrage? Where is the governor saying, I'm going to look into this? Do you have any outrage over this? Well, I, any, any uh, fraudulent behavior that has to do with our, with our elections okay. is really troubling. I've said that. I also have said that the, the authorities that are working on it, we should be, have uh, you know, confidence that the AG is going to do an investigation on mm -hmm. the, 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 where those signatures happen and who's, who caused those signatures. I mean, you could, uh, I could be signing a paperwork and I could put Gene Valicenti on, on a voting list. If nobody knew who I was and nobody who knew who you were, mm -hmm. that would... So let's find out what happened there. The biggest thing for me on this issue is that the Board of Elections has certified each and every one of those candidates to be on the ballot. They have confirmed through the process that they've used for years and years and years, and if they want to change that process, then do it. And the Secretary of State's interest knew it. But every person who's on the ballot in that special election has been confirmed by the Board of Elections as being a qualified candidate. Well, Governor, if we have dead people showing up, and you have East Providence City Councilmen who say, I never signed it, then yes. clearly the, the system doesn't work. It ought to be changed. Why don't you demand that? Well, uh, we're, we're talking to the Secretary of State for, about his, you know, his um, thoughts on it. Yeah. But also remember that the system did work because you can be able to say that, right? Yeah. And so the, I have a lot of, con I know how Board of Canvases work, uh, being a mayor. They're independent entities that are nonpartisan. The way they work, they determine what polling places are open. They determine how they uh, qualify uh, those, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the registration yeah. as, uh, on the voters uh, to be on the ballot. They did that in every community. They handed that to the Board of Elections. The Board of Elections has verified that there's, that there's qualifiable. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be looking into any of the potential fraud yeah. that was there. And I believe that people who are, should be held accountable and if they game the system in a, in a way that they broke the law, they should be penalized for that. Uh, uh, Governor, you said on the radio, uh, if we're going to do it for one, you have to do it for all. Are you revising that now? No, because I still, they're only doing it for Sabina. I still believe that that should be the way it's done. And I was thinking more prospectively, yeah. you know, that in the future, if you're going to do, you know, whatever you do for one, you do for all. Okay. Right now, uh, the, I think there is a sense of fairness here. If, if you're putting a cloud on the election, uh, then in this specific case, on such a short term, we're, we're less than 30 days yeah. away, right? So uh, I don't think that, I think that, yeah, if you do something for one, you should be doing something for all in any, any way that relates to the uh, campaign. She's using the same people you used. Her campaign manager was your, was your campaign manager. The people who went out and gathered these uh, signatures, they worked for you. You know, your old friend, Ashley Kalis, uh, called, called it on the is radio. Is she still around? She's still around. Come and, on. She, and she says, I'm in I'm in I thought she was Island. long gone by no, now. No, no, no. She made, she made time to call on the radio, and she said, it's, it's a, it's, there's more here, that it's the same people, and we ought to look closely. Let's listen to what she said, and then you can react. I know, before we do that, you beat her. <laughs> She's uh, your old Republican opponent. Let's listen to Ashley. Okay. This is the sort of, like, 
sketchy behavior. This is this is McKee's political operation, and people need to be clear on that. These are the same people that work for McKee, so it's not me just linking them because I can. It's because it's the same people. It's not that hard. You don't need to cheat in order to get on the ballot. It's not fair, it's embarrassing, and it's completely unnecessary. Now, you, out of the box, you linked Governor McKee to her. Those two were joined at the hip until they had a little bit of a falling out just before the election, but he still brings her around on occasion. Now, if McKee, what if the governor says, it's got nothing to do with me? Nobody's questioning my signatures. I mean, it, what would you say? Well, we haven't looked back at the signatures. Was Holly involved? I don't know. The other part about it is that, let's be really clear, it was his campaign manager that is now managing her campaign. So to not link them, I mean, it's the same people. You know, Sabina, your lieutenant governor says, I'm a victim of the vendor. Ashley well, says, no, there's more. You're all together well, in this. Well, first of all, the people yeah. have seen that act before, the Kalis Act. They dismissed yep. it completely. I think they'll dismiss any comment that she says just made. As far as Sabina and I, we still work together. I'm not taking a, a position in this campaign. There's too many people in this campaign that I work with that I think it's uh, important to, uh, you know, support the person that comes out of the primary. Uh, but the notion that somehow that Sabina and I are not working, uh, that's just not, that's just false. Why aren't you endorsing her? You had, you took her everywhere. You sang her praises. She we, was the greatest thing. And to hear you not endorse your no. lieutenant governor, why not, governor? It's a special election. Yep. There's many, many people that are in uh, going for an open office. And many of those people that I, I work with every day as well that are on, that are, that are running. So mm -hmm. the best way for, for me, and I've talked this through with Sabina, we're continually working on housing. We're together. We're continually working on tourism, continually working on education issues, yep. local issues. So that continues. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, I, I need to take a position in this, uh, in, this in this primary. I'll take the position after the primary. I know you don't want to negotiate with me, and I, maybe you don't want to disclose private <laughs> conversation, but I have to ask you, have you spoken to her? How did you say, Sabina, this is making us all look bad? I've, I've had, we've had a conversation about this issue, and, yeah. I, and it's exactly what I just told you. Look, they have been, they've certified the candidates that are on the ballot. Those mm -hmm. ballots are going out next week yeah. to, uh, into, our, uh, into uh, our armed services. People are serving, protecting our country, protecting our freedom. That ballot has already been confirmed. The issues that have to do with the, any fraudulent behavior, it is being handled uh, properly by the Attorney General, mm -hmm. by the Board of Elections at this point in time. And whatever surfaces there, I think that, uh, you know, this, I, th I see Sabina saying, hold people accountable. So my, my feeling is that, again, everybody that's on that ballot is qualified by the Board of Elections. The voters are going to determine who they support. And I think this is a distraction at this point in time. Let the Attorney General do its work and let the uh, Board of Elections do their work and let the Secretary of State really analyze this to find ways that you can improve the system. You let us nice to our next topic, the Attorney General. I know you're going to tell me, I called him when he had his surgery, and I'm sure there was a nice cordial and you sincerely wished him uh, better health. But apart from that, he told me last time he was on, not that long ago, you don't speak. He hasn't spoken to you in months and months and months. Is that because you're mad at him over these investigations? The ILO investigation, he hung over your head going into the election, still not settled. Why don't you talk to the Attorney General? Well, I do, and our office does. Well, and, wait, now, hold, he, so, said, he said so, you don't, uh, apart uh, from a courtesy, we were, how are you feeling, We Paul? campaigned together, right, we, uh, during, the, during the fall of last year. I mean, we, we were at the same events. Uh, we were supporting each other uh, publicly. So um, we work with the Attorney General's office. Our yeah. office does on the important matters. In terms of, you know, direct personal contact, I never had a personal relationship with, with the Attorney General yeah. before I was in office. 
we have a professional relationship that we make sure that we do the work that the state of Rhode Island, the people in the state of Rhode Island deserve. Here's what he told me a couple of weeks ago. Let's listen, Attorney General. If you had a better relationship with the governor, you said, this is Rhode Island. We all know yes, each other. Yes. You would have picked up the phone and said, hey, can you help me out a little bit yeah. here? I need a little more. You're not, you're hurting yeah. me over here. You didn't do that because you have no relationship with him. When did yeah. this all fall apart? Well, look, it's hard for me to really pinpoint it, Gene. I think, look, let's, let's just be candid. Uh, let's be candid. The office has done a series of investigations involving the governor and or his staff. And right. whether that has crossed a hair up there, I don't know. But I do know oh, that... Oh, wait. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me make a leap of faith. <laughs> Maybe it you has. crossed a hair. <laughs> you have the ILO investigation still pending. You brought an investigation along with the FBI while he was running for office. So I, I may have phrased that a little naively, but let's, let's pursue it. You crossed his hair. Yeah, look, I think the bottom line is we do investigations as they come to us. You know, the... The investigation of Bud Craddock down at the DMV. Yep. I mean, you know, we came out pretty strongly about how about how that, you know, as the owner of a rental property that was running a prostitution ring, not not Mr. Craddock himself, but, right. but probably should have known what was going on there. Yes. We did an investigation into Mr. Silva, the then chief of staff yep. of the governor, which was not complimentary, let's face it. And so whether those things or other things have led to this point, I don't know. But the bottom line is this. As an independent constitutional officer, right. I have everything I need to do my job for the people of the state of Rhode Island. Absent resources. Yeah. We got those resources, and we're going to continue to deliver. That's how I set the question up. I remember he was looking for money, and at first you didn't give him the money. I said, why don't you just call up the governor and say, I need more money, and, and talk to him. He said, we don't talk. Did he cross your hair, Governor? Are you mad that he had that ILO investigation over your head when you had to go face the voters? And it's still over there. Well, it's, you it know, still has unresolved. You know how I feel about that. You're going to yeah. come up empty. Anybody who thinks they're going to find anything there is, you know, that's what the campaign was about. Thank you. The voters understood that that was a lot of politics and it continues to be right. Yeah. As far as any, there's allegations that are made that are going to continue to be made by people uh, in the position that I'm in, the position that you're in. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that allegations are made but yet there's no charges. Uh, you know, I think this notion on Tony Silver is just absolutely wrong. Okay. Here's a guy that served our state well, served the, uh, as a chief of police, ran our police academy, uh, and when everything that does settle, there was no charges. And yet we talk as, you know, even, even the AG talks in some way that there was something there that, that uh, you know, that we should be concerned about. So my point is we do the work with the AG's office that we need to do. Uh, I know what I've done, and I'm not going to redo the whole campaign. That was the most vicious campaign that any governor has ever gone through. Millions and millions of dollars that were spent to try to prove something that was unprovable. So we're going to continue to do our work. We're going to take the high road on things, and we're going to make sure that the people in the state of Rhode Island uh, are served well. Should he fish or cut bait uh, on the ILO? I'd like to, I'm waiting to hear for the answer. I'm sure just like you are. It's been a long time. We, are you demanding an well, answer? We're coming on two years. We'll be, next year we'll be on three years. The year after that we'll be on four years. Um, once you hand it off, Gina, in my experience, mm -hmm. it really never comes back from the FBI. All right, let's go back to, you, to your, uh, well, you, your wheelhouse, so to speak. You were the mayor of Cumberland for many, many years. You know, the, I had the mayor of Woonsocket, a neighboring community in here, just last week. And uh, she's very angry over your allowing the firefighter pension bill to become law. Essentially, if a firefighter gets ill, depending on the illness, he can blame it on the job. The mayors came out against that. League of City and Towns came out against that. This is Mayor Ball, Deli Hunt. Uh, she's against it. And I said, well, the governor let it become law. You didn't veto it. Let's listen. I am not happy with that legislation, right. period. Period. Yeah. And neither are other mayors and town administrators. It right. has an effect on our municipality. 
But as we know, Gene, there's legislation that passes that mayors and town administrators do not support. We have to adapt to that. Yeah. But the reality is the way I look at that piece of legislation is that legislation to me shouldn't have passed as a mayor. Yes. The mayors and town administrators are the foundation of our state. Right. Because when I look at that, I ask myself, what about the doctors and nurses who are also exposed mm -hmm. to the very same things that fall under the, the terminology of, yes. that, of that bill? What about them? Well, uh, the firefighters have a better lobbyist, I suppose. Uh, okay. But they got what they want, mm -hmm. uh, and they're going to be able to, if they get sick and certain things, they'll be able to blame it on the job, and that's going to open up the, the checkbook. Correct. That you have to write the check. Mm -hmm. Now, Governor McKee, let that become law without vetoing it. Are you equally angry at him? Uh, the mayor's he, in town. What did, he, what did he do? Look the other way? He used to be the mayor. Yes. Um, was I disappointed? Yes, I was. Okay. All right. I know she's not the only mayor disappointed in you. That's your, that's your, that's your group, the mayors. You always tell me I'm tight with the mayors, and but did you let them down? No, not really. I think that one one is it was a veto-proof bill, and it was pretty clear to me that, and I have had experience with uh, with that issue with uh, having vetoes override. So uh, it was going to become law. Yeah. I think that the I didn't sign it. Uh, certainly uh, cautious about it. We need, they, they need to manage it locally. And if, there, if there's abuse that comes from the firefighters on this, then, uh, then we should be, you know, they should be working hard to overturn legislation that is not in the best interest of the community. There's other legislation that's, on, that's in the pipeline, Gene. And what I would, what I would mm -hmm. say, and I've said to uh, uh, Ernie Amante, is that you, on things that really matter, you mm -hmm. need to be protesting just like everybody else. Uh, I did that as a, a mayor. I did that as lieutenant governor. Brought yeah. mayors into the into the state house, called up reps and senators. I really did really did the back work yeah. uh, uh, to uh, to make that happen. And 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 Ernie and Monty and I have talked about this. Uh, and I understand that uh, the the mayors right now are concerned about that. Uh, they should be concerned about other stuff that comes down the line. And uh, really approaching our office really early in that way so that you can coordinate the, the effort to push back on issues that they really feel strongly about. You know, you have the bully pulpit, though. We do ask the governor on the radio. Yes. We, we don't do ask the state, state rep, yes. ask the state senator generally. So I guess they're saying, well, where was your sense of outrage on that? Why don't you scream and yell and say, this is bad, I used to be a mayor. We, I guess they're saying you're a little quiet on it, it passed, and she was disappointed. All I can say is I've had I had advanced conversations with the leagues and cities and towns yeah. and uh, and encouraged them to really uh, call their reps and senators, get the independent fire districts to come and call me. Yes. We never got those calls. We did get late in the game, uh, you know, uh, a letter from the leagues and cities and towns, which I respected. But the work needed to be done, you know, leading up to the vote, and that's what okay. we did. There was a, a, a situation where. As lieutenant governor, I brought mayors in and municipal leaders from representing 70 percent of the state of Rhode Island into the state house uh, because we didn't want a Manning issue that was going to be passed, passed, and we went and we filtered them to all the committees. Right. That's the type of work that needs to be done, uh, you know, going forward, and certainly looking to work with the mayors uh, and the municipal leaders uh, to right. uh, address these things. You've been generous with your time today. I've got about five minutes. Let's bang yeah. through a, a lightning yeah. round, so to speak. Have you met with the, uh, the CEO of CBS, Karen Lynch? Have you met with her? We had a conversation yesterday. Uh, Is that, that your first with her? 
I've had conversations with her during the COVID, okay. during the, you know, the vaccination issues, and, right. and thank goodness that CVS stood up and, and did some extraordinary work with us in the municipalities. We ended up being the best vaccinated state in the country. I like to remind people that we are right. the best at many things. Uh, yeah, and the, and the issue of the layoffs came up. I think that they're going to provide more information to me. Okay. I don't think it's, a, you know, when the $5,000 number, a uh, 5,000 employee figure was mentioned, uh, we're not going to absorb, uh, you know, a, a large portion of that based on what I was told. But the, we'll get the final numbers. And then our, we'll, we'll make sure that we help any, any, any family or anybody that's looking for a job. We have options for, the, for them right. that, uh, that we'll be happy to help them out with our DLT work. I'm surprised in two and a half years that she's running it. I'm surprised in two and a half years that she's running it. She hasn't met with Mayor Baldelli Hunt. She's been trying. I would have thought as a courtesy she would have met with the mayor of the headquarter home community. Any thoughts on that? I know you listen on the radio, so you know yeah. we were discussing yeah. that. Well, I would say that they have been involved. We got a, a, you know, a job training center up there in Woonsocket yep. that I made sure that we opened up and CVS is a partner there. So they've been a good partner for us in terms in many different ways. Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the relationship there, why they wouldn't call, but we've had ongoing conversations with the leadership at CVS. Uh, future of the Superman building? Yeah, is, there, that, is there a future well, for the I, I, Super Bowl? Or should that be torn I, I, down, I, I, too? Between, I'm a lot more confident <laughs> on the tidewater of the soccer that that's going yeah. to get done because I know that uh, that's there. Uh, there's, there's roadblocks right now, and, and it's being slow, and, and we've committed, and we'll keep our, our end of the bargain. We want the uh, developer to keep his end of the bargain, and I think the city also wants to see something happen yeah. there. Time will tell. And Interest the, rates are hurting that project right now. On Tidewater, that's the soccer stadium. I know you told me it's going to get built. You also told me that you, you yeah. talk to that developer weekly. We you don't want to be surprised. Not just the developer, but anybody that's involved with that project. We, we, okay. I, I've arranged that the city of Pawtucket's at a meeting with the developer rep representation, with the, with the, with the labor, uh, with our office, with our commerce. Anybody that's touching that project, we're having yeah. weekly meetings with. And I actually have a, uh, someone that's a banker that uh, is, is giving us his time at no charge to make sure that, we, you know, that the thing's going to happen. Gene, I said you're going to get invited. I don't know what section you're, they're going to put you well, in. I but, hope it's in but, your box. But, I mean, if I'm going to be invited, I'm not getting in the box. I don't right. want to get in trouble with that. Oh, that's right. But, well, uh, you just put me in the standing room only. I'll, I'll just. No, I'll tell you what. There? You can yeah. come and sit wherever I'm sitting. Okay. All right. We'll buy, we'll buy the tickets, though. You know, Governor, we record these. We save these tapes. Uh, <laughs> can you say to me right now, Gene? I want to assure you that soccer stadium will be built. I, I believe that? Uh, where I sit right now, I have full confidence that that soccer stadium will be built and there'll be a season next year and staff is being uh, right. put on place right now. Very confident in that. Not as confident as Superman, but that doesn't mean that Superman is not going to happen. Okay. Do you want to give me the, go, go to the three thing, other things? I, 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 was just about to, thank you. I was just about to say just, that. I don't want to run your show, uh, no, but no, I, I, I'm just oh, trying, to, I'm trying to keep up with you. We'll take advice from anybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a, you're a viewer, so yes. you're welcome. Uh, Governor, uh, I've challenged you on many issues. So I want to give you a few minutes to, to, to crow about something. You're very excited about Learn 365 RI. Just quickly tell me what it is and why it's going to work. What it's going to do is it's, we've set goals to meet or exceed Massachusetts levels on reading and math by 2030. Mm -hmm. We're also increase attendance and, uh, and make sure that we're taking advantage of all the federal funding by, through application. We're empowering mayors. Right now, 33 communities have committed uh, to that goal and work yep. with our office. In the last, uh, and, and we've been working through this since April 12th, been working on it for a year. We needed the four years, and thank you to the voters to give me the four years to make mm -hmm. this happen. We are, we've just distributed the first $4 million, uh, uh, announced that this week. 
uh, to help uh, communities with programming. Okay. Another $4 million we got approved in the budget, so we've been serious about this whole effort. And then $80 million we get through the U.S. Treasury and the General Assembly to create these learning centers uh, throughout the state of Rhode Island with any of those 33 communities that are signing the compact. We expect that the other communities will come on board, right. but uh, right now Johnston said they're not coming on board, but we'll still hold them accountable for their outcomes in their schools. Right now, yeah. Johnston's at about 34% uh, reading proficiency and about 21% on math. We need to get them up. If they're not willing to get involved with this project, yeah. then we'll certainly work with them. The other, so this is a project that is going to really work, and we're very pleased to have, extremely satisfied to have the municipalities on board. Also, Johnson, when I had the mayor in, the new mayor, Policina Jr., he, he said, he really said, we're not interested in affordable housing. Johnson is built up, uh, and all this talk about affordable housing with you and Speaker Shikarchi, uh, he didn't take the bait on that, you would say? Well, I think that every communities uh, we're working with multiple communities that want to help in the affordable housing side all around the state of Rhode Island. Right. And, and, and uh, our new Secretary Pryor is having a very good conversation with municipalities throughout the state. I believe that every municipality needs to play a part in this. The municipalities that don't, then we'll figure out a way that they do. So, uh, and, and so the, but on the other spot, the, the small business issues, let's talk about that really well, quickly. Uh, I am, I know you want to mention infrastructure I, You told me I had well. five minutes, so no, I, no, I'm, no, I'm like rattling this off. I'll I give an extra five. Right, cut gonna, cut you, some you of the other stuff out. You have as much time cut as Kayla's you need. out of the, of the interview and then we'll have time. All right, well, I'll, I'll take it under consider, okay. advisement of it. I can't promise that. Yes. Uh, Governor, uh, you talked about Learn 365. Uh, well, listen, under your watch, and maybe the tail end of Governor Amundo, we did move up in the small business rankings, at least the CNBC, friendly to business rankings. Not much. I think we're number 45. We were dead last at some yeah. point. You think that's going to get better under your initiative, small I business? I do. I think it is going to get extremely better. And we're, and we're talking to the, the ranking uh, you know, organizations, U.S. News World Report, CNBC yeah. have had conversations directly with the people that are doing that. Uh, we're investing a great deal in the infrastructure, as I mentioned on the, uh, on a, earlier in the week. $20 million is getting distributed to the municipalities on a two-to-one scale. There's going to be over $60 million of local road improvements. The people in, that live in, the, in our cities and towns should be really pleased about that. The things that we have done without raising taxes, right, no sales permit uh, fee, no uh, fleet, uh, you know, vehicle fleet uh, tax, no tangible for 75% of the people in the state of Rhode Island. We got a litter tax eliminated this year that's going to save businesses the aggravation of filling it out and actually uh, paying the fee. Uh, the list goes on and on. We, we reduced the, uh, the interest and the penalties mm -hmm. from an, a usury rate of 18% down to our local, to what Connecticut and Mass are in that 12.5% range. We're going to continue to put uh, articles in the budget to help the small businesses. This year we invite those ideas. We're in the process right now of putting a list together. We're going to be helping food truck operators this year mm -hmm. that are coming in. So we're taking them one at a time. We help the motorcycle. Now you can trade your, your, Eugene, you can trade your motorcycle in in Rhode Island and get that value off your calculation of your sales tax. That wasn't there until I showed up and we're putting these things forward. So yes, and we are making progress in other polls. U.S. News and World Report moved yeah. us up to, I think, up to 32 on, on the same type of thing that uh, you talked about with the um, CNBC rankings. Those are important to us. Uh, and I, what I would say finally is the, when the sun's shining, let's not, uh, you know, let's say it's shining. If it's raining, I'll tell you it's raining. But it's like if you own a pizza place. This is, what, this is the message I'm sending to the business community and all the work that we're doing here. If you own a pizza place and you tell everybody how bad your pizzas are and then you ask them to buy pizzas in your, at your pizza shop, are they going to come? No. 
this is, this is the time frame to really be celebrating these advancements that we're making. Get the business community mm -hmm. to really be talking positive about these type of things, whether it's a destination marketing first time at the airport. We, I saw figures yesterday that were really up on that. Our convention center, I met with Ernie Almonte this week, who is now uh, our chair mm -hmm. there, said that they're going to finish in the black for the first time in recent memory. There is a lot of things that we're doing without raising taxes. We're going to continue to work hard. And now we need the support of the business community to actually reflect that and what they talk about. Governor, I gave you a good chunk of time without challenging you. you Those did are the it. issues you wanted to get there. You, you wanted to talk about 365. You wanted to talk about small business. I know there's $20 million that local municipalities can apply to fill the potholes and fix the potholes. Well, I hope they even do better than that. Let's, right. uh, I mean, I, I get a lot of mileage on, in, in Cumberland. When I get miles of roads out of the money that, that they're going to get. They're going to get yep. a serious amount of dollars here, Gene. Let them take care of the potholes, but let them pave the streets. Let the people uh, drive on nice, smooth roads. Peter Alvino would be very happy. And uh, with regard to the police officers' Bill of Rights and reforms, what's the latest on that from your end? Yeah. So I think I'm very open to that. I, I, I talked to um, you know, the Chief of Police Association on these issues, whether it has to do mm -hmm. with gun issues or whether it has to do with the Bill of Rights. I think there's a lot of space that both sides feel as though that they should be able to provide um, you know, movement uh, that protects the police and the same way protects the people that live in our communities. Governor, thanks for coming in. Okay, Gene, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. We, touched a lot, we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> oh my God, we did. We'll have you in again. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Governor, we know that Cardi Construction Corporation has fallen behind on the job that you, you actually just came under at the Route 37 project over here. Are you concerned about Cardi? Are you concerned about what you're hearing about that company possibly going up for sale? Well, we have not heard anything uh, publicly on that. I've just checked with our director, you know, DOT director, PDLBD, yeah. and he confirmed that we haven't heard anything. But we are monitoring all projects, and we want projects to be done on time and on budget. This is very important in some of the things we just talked about with business friendliness and making sure that Rhode Island is a great place to be living. Do you want to follow up on this? I mean, you know Cardi. That's a... Uh, yeah, I'd be that, happy that, to follow up. That was a local up. stronghold. We, we, we haven't yeah. heard anything publicly from them, but, uh, you know, and I have not heard anything privately from them, by the way, either. So... Uh, it'll be news when I hear it for the first time, right? That'll be news to me.